When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail you heroes, hawks, heralds, crows, pirates, and wardens. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we unpack, discuss, and galaxy brain about all the lore behind the Dragon Age series. We are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe, from character deep dives to exalted marches and elven gods. We will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hello and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. Uh, we are here to talk about Dragon Age and its lore. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Shelby or Sheacup. And we are here to talk about more creatures. And it's going to get kind of hot and sandy and dry in the chat today in the podcast episode. Yeah, and it's also going to get dangerous because all of these uh, creatures will and can kill you. So there's that. Um, Just, yeah. (laughs) So basically, basically we're going to the Australia of Thetis is what I've kind of nicknamed this episode. Because we are going to the Western approach. We are covering four different creatures all of which do come from the Western approach, all of which will attack you. So, yeah. The Western approach looks like it could kill you, will kill you. It will kill you. Yeah, for sure. Not is there's no cinnamon roll. <laughs> like, Mm-mm. it doesn't look like a cinnamon roll. It is, yeah, it will kill you. Anyway, so we're covering the Gurn, the Phoenix. The Quillback and the Varghest. Only one of these creatures, I believe, has any kind of like other kind of any any other kind of lore in other fandoms, other universes. And that would be the Phoenix. And they're not related. At no, all. not at all. Not at all. Which we'll get into later. Um, so, OK, let's just dive right in because I don't have fun facts since we're covering like literally a thousand creatures. Um so we're going to just dive into the Gurn, which I think is a funny name personally, but basically the Gurn is a very large, very like rhinoceros Bronto-esque creature and they are huge. They have very, very thick hides and they're super aggressive. You can pretty much find them anywhere in the Western approach um, and also in the Forgotten Oasis, pretty much anywhere in Western Orlais. Um, 
They are usually gray to brown in color, and they have very sharp horns and pointy ridges along their back that almost look like mountain ranges. So anything that you have to add about the Gurn before I dive into the Codex? Just that they are very similar to Brontos, except they are mean. Brontos can also be mean, but That's not true. like not like unprovoked. The Gurn will unprovoked be mean to you. So there's that. Um, but just an interesting, I actually have two interesting quotes from the same codex. So I'll just read them back to back and then we can talk about it. So the codex says this harmless. So long as you don't treat them like cattle, maybe farm raised, but not wild. One time we figured we'd saddle one. Maybe we could break it like a horse because that hump the hump they have on their back, would bounce arrows real nice. Bad idea. Did not end well for five-toe. We used to call him six-toe, but not because of his feet. He got the horn something fierce. So that's not good. Secondly, uh, second quote is, we woke to a herd from nowhere just standing around the camp. And it wasn't the first time getting water at an oasis, humming to myself, poof, there's just one behind me. Talk to another rider for a few minutes. And then there's two just staring. I think they think talking is weird. So the things that I take away from this codex is that the Gurn, in addition to being aggressive, in addition to being mean, in addition to traveling in herds, they are silent, but deadly. Like they will sneak up on you, which I think for an animal that size is pretty terrifying. Right. Um, my takeaway has nothing to do with the Gurn. I just want to know who six toe, five toe is. Is that a dwarf? Is it a... <laughs> person uh well it has to be a dwarf because dwarves have six toes i guess that's true um, so it's definitely a dwarf of some kind yeah uh so you know in the discord this past week someone asked the question of like who are these like minor npcs that you think about this is uh, yours. gonna be one for me Okay, well, I don't even think you can classify Five Toe as a minor NPC since we've literally never seen them outside of a codex entry. So just there, first thing. Second of all, okay. <laughs> um, do you have any other final thoughts about the Gurn before we move on to the Phoenix? Um, just if it looks like a rhino, just leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great, great advice right there. So let's get into the Phoenix a little bit. Uh, like the Gurn, the Phoenix is also a large, aggressive creature uh, found in the western desert area of Orlais. Note, I want to make it clear, this creature is very different from the mythical Phoenix that you might find in other fantasy settings. The Dragon Age Phoenix is dinosaur and bird-like it doesn't have feathers and it doesn't really fly so the mythical phoenix you know is more bird-like it, it does have feathers it can fly it's magical multicolored sometimes so these are pretty different creatures now in dragon age lore the phoenix is well known for their aggression and for their bite they have a very fierce bite 
So similar to the wyvern, the phoenix can be consumed for its meat, but about half of their organs are, quote, poisonous enough to liquefy your lungs. So consuming them isn't typically done, nor is it encouraged. Dragon Age character most likely to have consumed beings. I want to say Ogryn, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I know, that's my gut too, <laughs> Ogryn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ogryn is the man that drank the entire joining goblet. So I don't put anything past him, frankly. Fair. I think I think that's hard to see. Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, so anyway. Fanon, Ogryn, meets Phoenix meat. Okay, moving on. So the Phoenix, I think, is a little bit more notable than the Gurn because it actually does play a role in a quest in Dragon Age Inquisition. It is featured in the How to Lure a Dragon quest, which also features the one and only Frederick of Seralt. And so he asks you to acquire bait for the high dragon. And one of the bait options that he wants is a phoenix tail feather. So the only way you can really get that is if you kill the phoenix. Um, so it does have a role in a quest. It's not just background scenery. Um, but again, I did bring a quote from the codex to kind of round us out with the phoenix. Um, this codex is actually from In Pursuit of Knowledge, The Travels of a Chantry Scholar by the one and only Brother Ferdinand Genitivi. And this is the excerpt. Orlesians believe the phoenix to be a herald of woe, perhaps because the creatures frequent inhospitable places where sane travelers fear to tread. It may also be because they belch a sort of sulfurous gas that reeks of rotten eggs and ancient peat bog, and flocks of the beasts have a pervasive odor of death about them. Orlesians are not always so metaphorical as they like us to believe. I just like Genetivi's shade on the Orlesians. I know, I know, right? He's like, they're not that clever. Don't let them fool you. Let's think about the Western approach for a minute. Um, so part of the quest in that and like your need to get to the fort, even in the Western approach to conquer it, there's like that weird gas thing that you have to clear through a war table operation. Yeah. That's Phoenix. Are you joking? No, I think that's what it is because you can encounter phoenixes <laughs> around there and the abyssal high dragon flies up out of that. Yeah, but I don't think it actually verified comes from the phoenix. Maybe. I, I just think that's an interesting connection in that. I'm looking it up. It, yeah, okay. It's just the name of the quest is Crossing the Sulfur Pits. So I don't personally think that that it's that that area is that it comes from the phoenix but like i agree with you that the presence of sulfuric smelling gases in the phoenix and present in the area they, that they come from is too much of a coincidence to ignore but i don't think that the sulfur pit it comes from the phoenix i would argue it would probably be the other way around that makes sense you're just mad I bursted your bubble. Yeah, I had a funny joke, and <laughs> you just had to ruin it. 
I'm sorry. I just wanted it to be lore accurate. Okay. Anyway, so um, I think now would be a good time for us to go to the mid-break. All right. Let's do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What makes your ram so special? Well, he's always brought the family luck. And his advice helped us make our fortune. Your ram offered advice. How do you get your hair to do that, Dorian? With magic. With proper hygiene and grooming. Maybe all three of you should get acquainted. Kirkwall's not brown enough for me. But hey, no darkspawn. Ferelden wasn't that brown. The dirt and muck gave it character. So welcome to the middle of the show where we take a moment to thank our patrons. So thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, thank you to our first patrons, Lisa M and Genesis. Thank you to our Nug King patron, Lewis H. His name is Lewis. Uh, thank you, Lewis, for your support. Uh, join the Patreon. Uh, don't want to miss out on December's patron chat. And in 2024, we will have new merch coming and so if you want that you need to go with patreon and sign up get some awesome stickers and other merch um if you can't support us on patreon totally get that know that that's not for everybody uh but you can leave us ratings and reviews on apple and spotify and help us by letting other people know that you think this is a great show and if you leave us five stars and some kind words on apple or a comment on spotify we will read it out on a future episode of the show we are caught up, so we do not have any reviews to read today. So go leave us some reviews and we'll read it out. Uh, you can also come and hang out with us on Discord on the Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. That link is found in the episode description. Come hang out with us, talk about Dragon Age, talk about a bunch of other stuff. It's a great community. It's a great place on the internet. Just come and hang out. But it's also a place to participate in our Dragon Age Day giveaway. We will be giving away t-shirts and a fancy statue that you'll have to go look and see. I think we're also going to give away one of the Dragon Age cookbooks and much, much more. Yeah, we're also giving away a copy of Tevinter Nights and some Lorecast merch that you can't get anywhere else. And just it's going to be a great time. So you don't want to miss it. And that's honestly, that's just the beginning of what we're doing for Dragon Age Day. So you don't want to miss it. Come join the Discord server. Yeah. And you can only can you only see that giveaway on the Discord server? For now, for now, it'll go live to the public uh, later later in november but right now it's just in the discord server right and i think you get an entry for joining the discord server do you yes you do all right well that's all i got for the middle of the show all right well let's get back into it have a care where your eyes linger alistair Yes, well, don't worry. It's not what you think. I see. I was looking at your nose. 
And what is it about my nose that captivates you so? I was just thinking that it looks exactly like your mother's. I hate you so much. I was one of the crows you hired to kill the Grey Wardens. I thought you looked familiar. Well, I just wanted to report that I failed my mission, Logan. You don't say. I'm terribly broken up over it. Hmm. Well, thank you kindly for informing me. You fear barbarians will swoop down upon you. Yes, swooping is bad. Okay, so our next interesting little creature is the quillback. Now, again, yet again, we have another creature from Western Orlay who wants to kill us. Yay! Um, This one's weird because simultaneously, this creature, it has inexplicably the nose of a pig and the beak of a bird at the same time it also has four legs so i i don't really know how to describe it all i can tell you is to just google quillback it the picture will speak for itself if you can't remember what it looks like um anyway it is usually burgundy in color and it does have feathers protruding from like its back ridge of its of its back. So this one's a weird looking one. I feel like this is the weirdest looking creature in most of Dragon Age. Um, but anyway, so like the Phoenix, the Quillback does make an appearance in the How to Lure a Dragon quest as again, Frederick wants Quillback intestine to use to bait the high dragon with. So this one also makes appearance in that quest. And then um, I have a really long codex entry, but it pays off at the end because it's funny. Um, so I'm just going to read it all. And this one is the Quillback, um, the Quillback codex, and it's a journal entry. And it has two entries, one from one person and the second from another person. So this is what the first one says. And it comes from An Anatomy of Various Terrible Beasts by Baron Havard Pierre Diamortizen. Those men of learning who claim dominion over the cold, weirdly angled laws of this world would deny that unutterable savagery of nature, conjuring their knowledge as a man in repose draws a blanket over himself, somnolent to distract from cognizant mind the lethargic callignosity of this world. Such mendacity is made manifest in the quillbag. Its hooked beak describes a smile that makes mock of the laws of man and maker, and in the sagging folds of its rough and squamous hide lies no elegant simplicity. But look upon its dorsal ridge for the proof, if logic be your refuge, for in the ebon spines that jut uncaringly from its back, no man of learning can fail to see the cold and twisted spires of the black city itself. What maker would give mock to our ebullient transgressions by marking his domicile into the flesh of this repugnant eater of flesh, this scavenger of wastes and deserts? What message can any man read in this carrion feeder's decrepit spines than that the golden city of which we dream is black, always black, the swollen infection poisoned from time beyond the knowledge of our insignificant minds, awaiting only our unheeding touch to afflict us with understanding of our true place in this vast, uncaring world? End quote. And then the second journal entry is from... The Baron's scribe Dunwich, who just says, Master means it's pointy. 
<laughs> Subscribe. There's something <laughs> called poetic license. There's also something called being unnecessarily wordy and pretentious, which the Baron has also mastered. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, in that first paragraph, you got done. And I wanted to say I understood like three words. I know I'm a writer for like my real job and I don't even know what all of those words mean. Like, I don't even know if I pronounce calignosity correctly. I don't know what that means. Um, I know what the most of the rest of the words mean, but that one threw me for a loop. So, and I, they could have made it up. I don't know, but yeah, unnecessarily wordy is, is for sure the name of the game on that one. Um, the good old Baron must have been smoking some elf fruit uh, and having some sort of existential crisis about the Black City. <laughs> I know. That was so funny. It's like he really went off on that one. Uh, but okay. But like, to be fair, to be fair, he does make an interesting point that like, what maker that says they're good would make fun of his plight and our plight by putting an image of the black city in this weird ass vulture creature, their, their spikes on their spine. Like good point. Interesting. I would rather not think about that ever again. Look, all I know, and this is my biggest gripe with dragon age inquisition in general, the enemies have way too much health. Mm Mm-hmm way too much it takes you so long even on like casual difficulty to kill something i mean like and not the interesting thing is like that does not even apply to the humans or like the people that you fight for the most part there are some that are like oh why do you have so much health but mostly it's the animals like why are they so freaking double cheeked up Exactly. And the quillback is a perfect example of this. <laughs> like, it took me probably like 15 minutes one time to kill one quillback. That's insane. I feel like the Gurn is worse, personally. Well, because and- the Gurn can get guard. True. And the ones that we're going to talk about in our next episode are even worse, I feel like. Oh, really? The Snowflur. Oh, yeah. The um the Tusket. Do you remember these? I do. Yeah. Anyway, so do you have any final thoughts about the Quillback? Uh, no, other than stop making things with so much health. Fair. All right. Well, let's get into our last creature of today before we talk about our side character. So our last creature for today is the Varghest. And again, in our fourth and final creature, by this point, you can probably say it with me. We have yet another aggressive creature found in the deserts of Western Orlay. This is the Varghest, which is a dragon-esque creature. That is, it is actually a relative of both the dragon and the wyvern. So... It is a long, scaly, and feathery creature with very sharp teeth and very sharp claws. You can find them primarily in the Western approach and in the hissing wastes. And other than the codex, like that's all we know about them. It is uh, one we really don't know much about. So let me get into the codex entry and then we can jump and then we can jump into our side character. 
So the codex entry for the Varghese is um, actually an excerpt from a study of the Southern Draconids by Frederick of Seralt, and it is published by the University of Orléans. And this is what it says. The Varghese is now known to be a distant relative of wyverns and dragons, but in ancient times, it was believed to be a spirit manifest in the world. Syrian legend says that the Varghese hunts those who have committed great wrongs against their own kin, and when the creature finds its quarry, it drags the guilty party to the gods for judgment. This is perhaps due to the beast's hunting habits. Varghese prefer to bring prey still living to their nest to feed their young. End quote. Wouldn't it have just been like such a good circular moment if like Matharath was um, killed by a Varghese? That's fair. Um, who knows if that legend would have developed though, if that had been the case. True. I guess that's true. But anyway, so that's the Varghese. Um, before we get into our side character, do you have any thoughts about any of the creatures or just like overarching thoughts about all of the creatures that we've discussed today? Why do so much, why do so many things try to kill you in Thetis? Like, I know it's a video game, but like, I don't think I would ever want to live in Thetis. Like, Middle Earth, absolutely sure, would go and live there. You know, some other fantasy worlds, like even Tamriel, like I would go and live in Skyrim or Tamriel or something like that. But like everything, everywhere in Dragon Age, if you ain't killed by some random creature, you're probably going to be killed by Darkspawn. I mean, that's fair, but I do think it'd be pretty nice to live in Antiva. Yeah, but you'd Antiva, again, you never know if something you you eat or drink is just going to be poisonous because you pissed off some noble who hired the crows to come get you. Uh, look, if I'm living in Antiva, here's the deal. Here's the deal. My days are not going to be spent messing around with nobles. My days are not going to be spent working for somebody. My days are going to be spent relaxing, drinking wine, sitting on the beach, eating some good food. Like I am not getting involved in the drama. It's going to be an extended vacation. That is the only way. We have unlimited money also okay. is the only way. All right. Okay, great. Well, then let's get into our side character for the day, who is, we've mentioned him already, Frederick of Seralt, none other. Um, he is an infamous academic that you can find in the Western approach in Dragon Age Inquisition. And now if you don't know, Frederick of Seralt is actually a renowned, like the top professor of Draconology at the University of Orléans. And like his name suggests, he originally hails from the town of Seralt in Orléans. Yes. Why is he infamous? Because... Have you ever met him in the game? Yeah, many times. You don't think he's infamous? I mean, maybe. I could say he's just more famous and a little uh, eccentric. A little eccentric? I feel like he's so eccentric. Like, he's the definition of eccentric. Yeah, okay. He can just be famous. That's fine. Okay. I, I love... I I love Frederick. I think he's hilarious. 
Um, so he could just be famous. I'm fine with that. Yeah, like the way you just said infamous implied to me like, oh, did he do something to like fall out of good standing with the university? No, no, not at all. He's just like well known for his oddities. Like the man is like he has absolutely no capacity to kill a dragon. And so he's just standing in a desert waiting for somebody to come by who he thinks might be able to kill a dragon for him. And all of these people are like hunting and doing terrible things in the Western approach. And for some reason, they just miraculously leave him alone. And he doesn't want to investigate that. He's just like, yeah, they've, they've been fine. They haven't, they haven't bothered me. They just stole my stuff. That's it. And he doesn't seem to question that. I feel like that makes him infamous. I'll do I'll accept that. Okay. So anyway, let's get into it. Um, As you may have learned by that little discussion, his research area is in the wildlife generally of the Western approach, but primarily he's focusing on the mighty high dragon, which is why he's in that area in the first place. Now, before you even meet Frederick, you might stumble upon one of the numerous quests he gives you. I think he's the most prolific quest giver in all of Dragon Age Inquisition. These are all of the ones he can give you. Assault on Griffin Wing Keep, Draconology, Frederick's Livelihood, How to Lure a Dragon, Hunting Patterns, Sharper White Claws, A Manuscript of Some Authority, Translate the Dragon Text, and The Abyssal High Dragon. That's a lot. You can go and tell him about all the other dragons you encounter, and he'll tell you about them. Yeah, he will. He's a wealth of knowledge, a fount of wisdom, if you will. So these quests, as you may have gathered from their names, range from gathering animals to use as bait, taking down mercenaries, gathering his research supplies, and more until you're able, finally, to unlock the fight with the High Dragon in this area. After you kill the High Dragon in Frederick's final quest, you can recruit him to the Inquisition as an agent, though I'm not really sure how that works with his um, profession under the University of Orlais. Not really, not really sure how that would all work out, but you can recruit him to become part of the Inquisition. Um, now, the last kind of thing that I have to tell you about Frederick comes from his codex entry, which is a letter to someone named Anton. And it's just interesting. Um, but I'm, I'm just I will just read it. And it's not from Frederick. It's about Frederick. So this is what it says. Dear Anton, if anyone alive can answer your questions about the social habits of the greater Vimark Wyvern, it is Frederick of Seralt, professor of Draconology at the University of Orlais. I have met him a few times, and he is exceedingly knowledgeable about his field of study. Although less knowledgeable about his current state of dress, the day of the week, and the location of his quill and ink. But nonetheless, quite brilliant, cordially, Magister Zaldarion Antonidas. So, to sum up Frederick of Seralt, we know that he's incredibly intelligent and incredibly passionate about his job, but that he's also extremely eccentric and knows almost nothing relating to people and relationships. And that's Frederick of Seralt. I think like the Western approach and the hissing waste 
have the most like convoluted and involved way of fighting the high dragons in that area. Yeah. Most of the other areas, you just walk up to the high dragon and it's like, hey, let's fight. Nah, you got to lure the abyssal high dragon and you got to do the weird dwarven unmarked quest to find the dragon in the hissing waste. True. And I think at least for the Western approach, not sure as much about the hissing wastes, but like in the Western approach, there's nowhere to go that's like hidden in any way. And so I think it would just be really easy to stumble upon a dragon in that area and be super under leveled for it, especially Mm -hmm. when everything else in the area already wants to kill you. I could see people getting into a situation where they could not win at all and they would like be out of potions and and just like not in a good situation and so they probably did that to kind of prevent people from stumbling upon the dragon and being not ready for it probably that makes sense but i do like frederica everyone loves an eccentric professor the morden solace for uh reference and uh i just find him funny and i like encountering him and i like his quest of mm-hmm. like just the general like hey these main bandits stole my research notes can you get it back yeah i agree um and i think frederick of Soralt, along with uh professor kenrick and um, a little bit of the Masked Empire are really the only places we ever see information about the University of Orlais. And I personally would love to know more about the university system in Thetis, you know, what that all even looks like, uh, what what subjects they have. I just really want to know more about that. So Frederick could be a great way to explore it, personal opinion. Yeah, I think that would be fun. All right, any last things you want to uh That's say? all I got. That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you for all this information about these creatures and Frederick. And a special shout out to our Nung King patron, Lewis H, who gets a special shout out at the end of every episode. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you all for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at DALorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's easily the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. You can find us there on patreon.com slash dragonagelorecast. The Dragon Age Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next time. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? 
Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember... Swooping.